0: Welcome to Weather Hype, a podcast for casual weather conversation. I'm Castle Williams. And I'm Min Fawn.
1: On this week's episode of Weather Hype, we discussed winter storm naming, the rationale behind the Weather Channel's naming process, and the criticism met associated with naming storms in the weather enterprise. And finally, we'll end with a discussion on the unique origin of our own
0: names. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Sky's cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into I spring I was
1: born out of when I get gone I get gone hey. and I don't need anyone to know
0: back Ooh, what are we gonna talk about today, Castle?
1: Well, since it's our first podcast, we should probably tell everyone what our podcast is about.
0: Man, that's not that's not important. <laughs> no one needs to know what we're talking about. We wanted to explore how weather impacted people and we wanted to answer the question like how does weather affect me as a you know regular person going, up, going about their lives in the world? Why is weather important to me? Why should I care about it? Because a lot of people they just think about weather being what's weather going to be like tomorrow so it can play my day. You know, They don't right. think about weather being something that is really complex or uh, requires a lot of attention a lot of very just small intricate details of weather forecasting and weather in general. So I figured we could be the, um, the uh, direction the avenue for them to learn more about this kind of stuff no i think that's a good idea
1: also kind of a i think of it almost as a bridge like we're maybe bridging them or making this information more available to them or makes it in such a way that they can think about it in their how it is affecting them in their own daily life or something like
0: that. That's right. We definitely have a lot of fun, interesting ideas that I think will relate to a lot of people. And I think hopefully we'll bring in guests who can definitely contribute to the conversation of how weather impacts people, how we can implement and integrate social science aspects into weather meteorology as well. So I think there's a lot of really interesting, fun things that we can hopefully contribute to you guys and your uh, learning experience. And not only
1: that, we will also have these kind of personal moments or talking about pop culture, things that happen in our <laughs> (laughs) lives the fun things that most people like to listen to on podcasts so Um, our lives
0: are really interesting just incredibly interesting interesting. like if if you could write a book about me it would have more (laughs) book things than harry potter more book things (laughs) what do you call that (laughs) uh they're not chapters what do you call them they're not it's not like a trilogy It's only three (laughs) <laughs> Just can't think of it right now. It's 10 p.m., 10.22 p.m. on a Friday night. And clearly we have nothing better to do but to record the podcast. But I'm okay with that.
1: Okay, so, man, what's on the schedule for today?
0: Hey, so we're going to be talking about names. What's in a name um, and how people use names in meteorology world and how they name Winter Storm. So a long time ago, and by a long time ago, I mean in, what, 2012, or 20, 2012, right? Yeah, 2012. So in 2012, the Weather Channel started to name winter storms and that, ooh, it was, it was a rough time. A lot of people, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of criticism from both meteorologists, from people in the public. The idea behind naming the winter storms, we'll get into that a little bit later, was just to better communicate uh, the threat from winter storms in general to the general public. But a lot of people felt that the Weather Channel was overstepping their boundaries of being a source for getting weather information out to the public. They felt the Weather Channel was going a little bit more commercial trying to get some clickbait or to generate more activity generate more discussion and they're just trying to generate more buzz i guess the weather channel was trying to uh, get people to talk more and that was kind of a publicity stunt i think is what i'm trying to go for the Weather channel was trying to create publicity for both their company and for the process of of it gets people watching the uh, the weather channel to know more about storms so they started naming storms and it was reached with a lot of uh, criticism unfortunately but we're learning more from it now now it's 2016 they've been naming storms for a few years now and they're getting better at understanding what needs to be named and how to name storms and the impact that it has on the general public as well but castle you're going to talk about the fact that this is not a, an original idea of naming storms people have been naming storms for actually quite some time right
1: yeah so when you were talking about 2012 we started naming storms if you go back and like really think about it we already named storms like the storm of the century that was like the blizzard in 1993 so we already have these kind of names that are being assigned to these storms there's been storms that have been named since uh the 1700s but the earliest one i have is 1888 and that was called the schoolhouse blizzard because it destroyed a schoolhouse and so they (laughs) named it the schoolhouse
0: blizzard so so generic it's like the tree that fell down storm blizzard
1: So I mean even though we're not calling it a specific name we're still assigning some type of identity to it and i think that helps us talk about it communicate about it get more information about it it's not really a new process i guess is what i'm trying to get at
0: so i guess when we name storms in the past, we like yeah schoolhouse blizzard a little bit more generic than say winter storm nemo or right. winter storm hercules or something that's a little bit more memorable as opposed to winter storm house winter yeah. storm Tree. <laughs> well, there's
1: another one—the uh, Knickerbocker Storm. That's 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 a good name. Wait, what
0: does Knickerbocker mean again? It's
1: so it destroyed the Knickerbocker Theater in Washington D.C. in 1924. Okay. So they kind of assigned that name to it.
0: Okay, so there's yeah. a little bit more
1: meaning behind yeah. it then. Okay, and then there's also those storms that if they like happen on a certain day. So the April Fool's Day Blizzard of 1997. <laughs> Did it actually happen, or was it a joke? it actually happened <laughs> so it wasn't it was kind of a bad prank on mother nature's part oh rude <laughs> but i mean so we we have these storms that are already being named but here if you fast forward to 2012 we're actually giving them a name and people start criticizing about it so yeah. i think we'll have a more of a discussion on the significance of that
0: To give you guys a little bit of a background as to the rationale behind how the Weather Channel decides to name winter storms and give that storm some kind of significant name, they have a list of names that they come up with prior to the winter season, and that's determined through a various amount of ways. We'll get to that in a little bit, too. But the rationale, the thresholds that have to be met in order for a storm to be named is the storm has to impact at least 2 million people or cover an area of 400,000 square kilometers, and that is about 250,000 square miles once it Seeds one or the other, then the win- uh, Weather well, Channel decides to name a winter storm. So when you're looking at a storm regionally, obviously a little bit of snow is going to cripple a city or communities or uh, areas in the south compared to maybe an inch of snow in a more northern location. Though that can be very interesting too, because we've seen an inch of snow cripple like Washington, D.C., who you would think would be more prepared, but uh, there are things behind that. But there are ways for them to kind of localize the threat of a winter storm, and then that also factors into whether or not they name it, not only the population threshold or the area size threshold. So they started looking at the local winter storm scale, and that is from a paper, which paper? Surruti and Decker 2011, Correct, right? yeah. So in that paper, they started to break down this idea of a local winter storm scale and how winter storms affect different communities on a very local level. So you're factoring in ideas of wind speed, wind gusts, icing, snowfall, accumulation totals, and visibility, and you've factored all that into this local winter storm scale to determine how a community will be impacted by a winter storm. So using that information and using information from the uh, National Climatic uh, Data Center and CDC, right? they looked at um, another scale to look at snowfall total. And so they started deriving some kind of qualitative scale in their mind to figure out whether or not they should name a winter storm. On top of all that, they would use their prior reasoning and rationale behind naming winter storms the previous year to kind of guide them along the way in the future as to how they're going to name winter storms in the future. So if in 2016 this year, in 2015-2016, they would use their expertise from the uh, 2014-2015 season and to figure out whether they should name a storm or not. They'll learn from their errors, learn from their mistakes, but also learn from the positives that they accumulated from the year before. So then our question was, the first year they started to name right. storms, <laughs> where did they really base off their ideas from? Because there was no, I mean, other countries and other places named winter storms before, but not in the United States. We haven't really, on a large scale, named winter storms prior to that. So I'm very curious as, as to how the Weather Channel even did that. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't have any forecast to
1: look back on. So I'm wondering if they just used the LWSS and the um, RSI in order to kind of gauge whether they should name a storm or not. That was just my kind of thinking anyway.
0: So the idea of naming winter storms in the United States seems pretty new. But actually, some entities are already or have been naming winter storms. So. The TV station WLUKTV in Green Bay, Wisconsin, they've actually been naming winter storms according to their website for 20 years now. So they named winter storms in their local area based on a few guidelines. Some of them include, will, it in, uh, will the storm have more than five inches of snow? Will the storm have over a quarter of an inch of ice or sleet? Um, will it have a significant impact on your daily life of the uh, surrounding communities that are covered by the TV station? So they've been doing uh, naming winter storms for a little while, Then also, we've had discussions about the National Weather Service in Buffalo, or the TV stations in Buffalo that were naming winter storms.
1: Well, it was the National Weather Service. At one point, they named Lake Effect snowstorms, but then... I'm pretty sure they stopped doing it, and they might have erased all traces of them actually doing it. Because the National Weather Service is
0: pretty against the right, whole idea of naming storms. Right, because they issued a statement.
1: Yeah, they issued the statement about not wanting to be on board with it.
0: What did the statement so. say?
1: This is from an article in The Atlantic, and it's a quote from an NWS spokesperson. Okay. So I don't know if that's someone in their public relations department or what exactly that is. What they specifically said, this is quote, this is a word for word, The National Weather Service does not name winter storms because a winter storm's impact can vary from one location to another. It can weaken and then redevelop, thus making it difficult to define where it often ends and maybe another storm begins. So I think each of those criteria is interesting in itself, but it makes me wonder, like, some of those things are kind of the same with naming a hurricane. Like, if you named a hurricane, there still might be wind damage, say, in Calhoun Georgia where I'm from which is super far from the coast but it would just be like wind damage so there would be like wind damage from hurricane Jacob, for example, but the damage would vary from on the coast to not on the coast. True. Yeah, I can see that. So that's that's one of the criteria. That's very interesting. Yeah. So I don't know how I don't I don't know if
0: that's a valid argument or not
1: for the National Weather Service.
0: The effects of a winter storm sometimes can be meshed and conglomerated together. So you can get one winter storm and then you can get another winter storm. Mm-hmm. You can get snowfall in one area and then the next day you can get snowfall from technically a different complete completely different weather system so then do you call that a winter storm or do you just pile that onto the first name storm that you put on for the location and that has actually happened a few times too and i forgot what they ended up doing but i i do remember there being an issue with like a major blizzard happening one day and then the next day like five or six inches of snow falls on um, already another feet of snow so what do you you call it the same system yeah. Or do you give it a new name?
1: And I think that goes back to kind of some of the parameters that they use, like what kind of impact are we seeing? Is it just a dusting or like what kind of snowfall or ice accumulation are we seeing? Is it something that's more impactful? If so, maybe it deserves its own name. Um, I don't know. I guess that's something that needs to be teased out a little more.
0: I agree. And, you know, the National Weather Service is not the only entity to criticize the Weather Channel. Uh, one of their main competitors, AccuWeather, actually released a statement in 2012 right after they started naming storms officially. I'll read it here real quick. It says, President and founder of AccuWeather, Joel Myers, said in unilaterally deciding to name which storms, the Weather Channel has confused media spin with science and public safety and is doing a disservice to the field of meteorology and public service. So he had very strong words against the fact uh, that the Weather Channel started naming storms.
1: What I want to know is where is the evidence? Where is the study that's says that naming this storm is confusing
0: like they like where
1: is that where's that at i need that evidence in order to agree or disagree with the weather channel doing something like this
0: i think it, it from the accuweather standpoint i can see their statement being more so a con- I, we condone what you're doing because you know a you're our make- biggest competitor but b you know, maybe we didn't do it either. Because I, I could easily see any enterprise doing that, especially if they're in the business of broadcasting or making money. Like, this could easily be seen as being a ploy to generate more ratings or something like yeah. that. Um, so for AccuWeather to say that, definitely they don't want to join the bandwagon of Naming Storms quite yet. So they're pushing themselves away, distancing themselves away, and saying, we're not like them. So in that way, trying to uh, maybe generate or grab the people who are pissed off at the Weather Channel and bring those people over to AccuWeather. That's the way I see it, because there's no other way to to show how that statement even uses any proof of how it's confusing, other than maybe talking to somebody and being like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing. The National Weather Service, I can understand their position on it, because they don't want to get tangled up in this whole media, social media, and all this this crazy stuff that's going on. So I can see their reason for for trying to break away from all this stuff as well plus you have the whole private sector public sector thing yeah you
1: don't want to agree with one company over another or step on someone's toes so it's kind of a hairy situation either way but i do see what you're saying about accuweather and it's probably more of like a if i were to put on my public relations hat like you said it is probably spinning it in such a way that you want people to follow you that you're not naming winter storms so that the people that are kind of opposed to it are on your team versus someone else. So it's just when I, the first thought, because obviously I'm, a scientist first it's where is the evidence what how is this harming or confusing the public in regards what was your null
0: hypothesis right right yeah <laughs> did you well, prove it or disprove it right oh lord but yo, those names <laughs> can we just talk about the names yes, real quick please talk about <laughs> do you have the names pulled up in front of you
1: i have 2014
0: 2015 names okay let's okay so the way that they named Uh, a couple of the seasons, I think, was they went to Bozeman, Montana and went to their Latin high school class and they asked them, hey, can you help us come up with some names for this winter storm season? And they said, sure, why not? A, I think it's a great way to reach out to uh, local people and talk to them and get their perspective. Uh, So...
1: so you're looking at 2013 2014 or what i'm looking looking at at 2014
0: 2015 okay yeah okay so just going just looking through it real quick these are some strange names okay you have winter storm astro which means star i get it that's fine it's greek star that's not even latin it's greek what yeah okay um most of them are greek and roman
1: mythology so
0: okay and then so latin greek roman blah all the same the only one that's kind of cool to me is like thor winter storm thor yeah which is kind of cool and then they have like neptune pandora pen you know ha, ha, ha. remus remus yeah lupin Quantum. anybody out there that likes harry potter? harry potter and then i have the 2015 2016 names pulled up okay good and i'm just the one that the one that makes me laugh, Winter Storm YOLO. The reasoning behind it or the explanation is an acronym for it. you only live once. And the modern version of the Latin phrase Carpe Diem. <laughs> so I have a question. Really? So
1: with the 2014-2015 names, I'm seeing that W was intentionally left out for the user, like the end user for Weather Channel people to vote on which name they wanted. So do we think that Y was left out and people voted for YOLO? Like is that a possibility? Because I just can't see people.
0: I don't. When they release the name at the beginning of the year, if unless they put out the survey before all of this happened, I remember yeah. when they released the name, they never had like, oh, vote for your favorite Y name. It was okay. it was Yolo because I remember seeing it. I was like, the fuck.
1: So maybe the the survey voting thing didn't go over well last year, and so they maybe kind of not. Nixed and they it. maybe
0: just wanted just to, to. I mean, they put Yolo at Y at the end, so you sure. probably weren't going to get to it. I think we stopped at Ursula so far as of april 8th but i don't think we've moved past that to vexo <laughs> or waylon or waylon or zenos and xandor that'd be kind of cool too but yolo really come on now
1: i was looking at some of the names and i believe like maybe it was 2013 2014 but i saw one was gandalf do you remember <laughs> gandalf And so I was wondering, like, how did, do they have access to these names? Do they have to purchase them? True. Do they copyright?
0: Like, those. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, like, Nemo. I don't think names, I don't think you, you have to with names like that. Because, like, Nemo could be anything's name. I don't think they had to go through all that. I would hope not. Like, they're not paying money for it. But the whole voting for the name thing, I think, is definitely a ploy to get people to get involved with it. So, I'm not going to lie. I can see where AccuWeather is coming from a little bit in terms of the uh, publicity factor, the marketing factor.
1: Right, but maybe that's why they got rid of the survey because they realized that was like a step too far that if they're going to start using these names and maybe asking people to chime in was just like whoa, that's too much publicity for this type of deal. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so then another thing that I want to talk about is who this winter storm naming committee. Like I want to know who is on this committee. <laughs> like how well, do they do they sit I can just imagine them like sitting in a room hmm flipping through a mythology book of trying to pick out New so, I mean, they're high school kids,
0: right? They're, they're I mean, so YOLO would make sense because, you know, the kids are contributing to the name. So I can see why they're like, yeah, we should put YOLO in there. Um, I feel like it's a lot more hmm. chill than we think. I don't think it's like a closed room where you're taking, like, your GRE and you have to, like, put all your stuff <laughs> in a locker. And you have to, like, take a photo, a security photo of yourself. And you're not allowed to bring in anything. Like, you have to leave your phone outside.
1: Okay, <laughs> so there may be two different... There may be two different Winterstorm naming committees then because... In in the article that i read it said winter storm naming committee comes up with the names but it also said winter storm naming committee can like they decide when to name a storm so either maybe there maybe this is just a common name and there's two different committees or maybe this high school sends in suggestions to the committee yeah
0: um but yeah well, i said here bozeman montana high school latin class can uh, provided the list in 2013-2014 but they contributed to 2015, 2016. So okay, maybe yeah. they provided the whole entire list the year before, gotcha. and then or two years before, and then they just had help to come up with ones. Maybe like, oh, here suggest a few, and then the committee right. that you're talking about right. went through and was like, yeah, I don't like this, yeah, don't like that. Okay, that one's good. We'll choose that one.
1: Yeah. And so that leads me to my next question, which is obviously we love interdisciplinary things. Who is, do they have like a linguist on this committee? Do they have people that understand names and how they're interpreted by the public? It's just, I think that's so interesting to think about. And so I was wondering what
0: you thought. Not going to lie. I don't think they have any linguistic. I I, I
1: would love if they did though.
0: If You started doing that, that can get pretty... So you have Winterstorm Jonas, is it related to the Jonas Jonas brothers? Brothers? Obviously not. It's the Latin spelling, Ionis, for the name Jonah. But that's like the only reason they have. But they have to know, whoever came up with the list that people are going to automatically think of a like brothers. a Jonas brother, I would think. But they do wrote, they do switch out, they alternate the names between a male name and a female name as they do the Hurricanes. So, for 2015-2016 it's Ajax, and then it goes to Bella, which then goes to Kara, Kara? Um, that's goes that's two women's names. Actually, though. wait a minute. Maybe yeah, I
1: was going to say, because some of I these, did, like, like Astro, That I don't know if that, does that have a gender? Unisex. Bozeman, I don't know what that Bo- is.
0: Okay, okay, I take that back. Because fem- Bella is a feminine form of the word for beautiful. Right. The Ajax is the uh, the. The guy in the Iliad from Homer's Iliad. Uh no, actually yeah, never mind. I might I will take that back then. I am a little, yeah. a little amb, or a little ambiguous. I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah, maybe they have an equal number of male and female names. Okay. Maybe that's maybe, maybe that's
0: ambiguous. what it is, but they're in a random order yeah. or they're in a I don't know. So do they come up with a new name, a new list every year or do they recycle them like the National or like the National Hurricane Center who or recycle names if they don't use them like every six years right right
1: and so that brings another question do they retire a name if it's so impactful like i think nemo was really big or i just remember a lot of the memes so that's what i think <laughs> of. <laughs> that's what i think I was, of. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know i think they've been doing it not long enough to start retiring them or if they retire well, them, we wouldn't know because it seems like every year they just come up with a whole new list of names. So maybe until we we until we get to the sixth season where they name winter storms, we may not ever, we may not know that answer to that. Or we can just talk to our friends at the Weather Channel and figure that out. Right.
1: And so it, it, it does make me wonder if they're going to eventually retire one. Or maybe they already have and they haven't told us or yeah. haven't made it public or
0: something. I don't know. I think they should have a whole list with like Disney characters, I think. They could have like Winter Storm, um, Olaf. You uh-huh. know you know that would generate so much traffic for them. I feel like I Olaf if- is gonna be one in the future probably and they're gonna be like they're gonna use some BS excuse like Olaf is Latin for snowman and so we chose no (laughs) you chose it because you knew it's from Frozen get out of here That's the real reason. But NBC Universal owns the Weather Channel. ABC owns Disney. So I can see some interesting rights issues with that. And Disney always tries to make money off of anything. So they're probably going to start, like, selling, like, a lot of Olaf during that time. I have a question, though. We've talked about the the fact that when you name a Winter Storm, what if it ends up being a really devastating blizzard that, unfortunately, kills a lot of people? And it's named Winter Storm Elsa, for instance, right? Yeah. (laughs) So then people have this negative connotation about Elsa now because Elsa just killed 10 people people in yeah. the city so then it becomes really difficult to have humorous or light-hearted names for a storm that actually may end up killing or hurting a lot of people or impacting True. a lot of people in a really negative way okay. so then i could see why they would stay away from doing something frozen or disney related because they don't want True. to do anything like that so there's a lot to think about and that is, i think is why and we both why linguistics need to be involved right. in naming the storms and picking something that would uh not be offensive too so going into the theme of names and we we're talking about winter storm naming oh, yes. a little bit about hurricanes we have interesting names well we do you have a really cool interesting name i have an interesting name only because it's foreign and it's not from this country but it's pretty common in vietnam which i'm vietnamese by the way um but can you tell people the story behind your name a little bit because i know yes. every time you go to people they're like well that's a really cool name can you tell me why yeah so anybody listening can uh, figure it out now
1: yeah so just a heads up i'm not named after the show castle i'm 25 <laughs> years old i'm almost 26 and that show is like what five or six years old so like the <laughs> math doesn't even work so when people walk up to me and ask me oh so you must be named after that show castle no It's not. And I think it's getting
0: canceled, so thank God that I don't have to do that anymore. Clearly, he's really annoyed by you people who think that. So if you can listen to this podcast and you've been one of those people, shame on you. I'm kidding. Don't feel bad. I just don't understand.
1: Like It's obvious. I don't know if they're trying to be funny or sarcastic, but it comes off as like, hello, you can't do math. That's
0: what it comes off as. I think it's just... It's just like an icebreaker. If they don't know you, then they're like, oh, we're you named after that show? Because I'm not going to lie, the first time I thought I heard your <laughs> name, I thought the TV show Castle, too. I've never watched a TV show, but Neither I actually either. thought that. So, well, But no, yeah, I, I true, can see where I they're guess. coming from. But I can see where you're coming from, too. The real story to my name, and luckily, Netflix
1: has, shout out to Netflix, has brought... <laughs> the story the story of my name more into the public so i'm hoping that people will watch the show daredevil on netflix the new bad guy is called the punisher and so he's a marvel vigilante and so his real name is frank castle And so my dad really enjoys comic books and um, the Marvel Universe. And so I was named Castle after Frank Castle, the Punisher. Um, And my mom really liked it. She didn't care that it was related to a comic book. She just liked the way it sounded. And so that's what they stuck with.
0: She probably thought that in the future, you're going to buy her a castle. Yeah, probably. It's symbolic. So I think that's probably what it is.
1: So, so you mentioned your name was Foreign in quotes and <laughs> but is it common in Vietnam?
0: Okay. So, uh, yeah, Min is a very common name, first name in Vietnam. It is normally just a single, like, Min for a male. But if you're a female, then it's like Min something, like a hyphenation, and then a oh. second double part to the name. Uh, so that's what I've I've observed. Yeah, and Vietnam is very popular. And being in America where there's – in certain areas where there's not a lot of Vietnamese people, like at ECU, I'm at East Carolina right now. There's not a lot of Vietnamese people. So I don't think a lot of people are like, oh, Min, like, that's a really cool name. I, oh, I love my name, too, by the way. But it's not as foreign as people would think. When I was at UGA, there were other like four other men's that I knew. Oh. And so we would always have like some kind of identifier. Like, oh, the men who plays volleyball. That's me. <laughs> or the men who does this. Or the men who's that. like The men who's a girl. The men who, who's a boy. Like um, There were different ways to differentiate between the men's. So that was always really funny. So the origin of my name, I asked my mom. I don't want to screw it up. I should have probably called her before this to make sure I'm not... <laughs> sound like a complete idiot or misinformed but min means smart in Vietnamese oh. and if you put it together it actually the way you say my name isn't actually min it's mun mun, mun. so it's like tom mun is smart in Vietnamese but when I started off pre-k and elementary school I just said min because people couldn't say mun so it was always like okay I'm going by a name that actually isn't my name but it sounds close enough and I've been going <laughs> by that for like 20 years now so then I just min is like the way to do it but there are a few friends from my childhood that say Mun, which I always actually kind of find it being weird because the only people <laughs> that call me Mun is my like mom, my dad, my brother, my cousins, like people from my family. But if I see like a per- like a friend and it says Mun, I'm like, whoa, who who said that? <laughs> it's kind of weird. um But yeah, that's kind of the origin. And my mom was like, yeah, we we thought you would be smart. It was like, great. Aww. Well, you thought wrong. Well, it's so. true. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so wait,
1: I have a question. Hey. Did the other people that you knew that were named Min, was their name supposed to be Mun or was it Min also? Oh,
0: all their names are Mun, yeah.
1: But they still said Min too?
0: Because it was, it was like the the way to like the phonetic like cultural or... assimilation in a way, and okay. trying to make our names more enunciable to the yeah. general public in America. We have to okay. or we didn't have to, but we chose to at a at a age to say min instead of mun, and then that for me has become a habit of saying min instead of mun. So So I'd rather not like reintroduce myself to it. But I'm all about like heritage and like not having to tailor my name because a lot of people in Vietnam or a lot of Vietnamese people in America, they actually have their Vietnamese name. And they also have an American name because sometimes a Vietnamese name is, quote unquote, too hard to pronounce Mm. uh, for American people. Um, But I find it not to be the case either, because most of the time Vietnamese names are one syllable. So so it just comes down to if the people will try hard enough to do it. But in, in reality, you have to, unfortunately, in my mind, have to do that where you have to come up with an American name because you have to tailor it to the American public and what they're willing to do and willing to try. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that gets really interesting too. Not to get all wow. deep and sad, but uh yeah. no, again, it's, it's interesting side that we don't always get to see. So Yeah. And my last name, Fawn, I don't know if it's part of a phrase, but my mom told me it means hardworking. Oh, so I, and hardworking. I like to think that I have good work ethic. I definitely work really hard. Smart, I don't say smart. I just work really hard for what I get. But I think the two work together pretty well. But <laughs> also a side note to that, um, my last name in actuality isn't Fawn. You, you knew that, right? Yes, I did know that. Okay, yeah, see. It's only so a few good... Only a few good people know that. So when my mother and father, they actually met after they left Vietnam um, during and after the war, but they didn't meet in Vietnam. They met in the United States. But, you know, my mom took on my dad's last name. But when my dad came from, um, did paperwork and stuff to get over into the United States and stuff, our last name was actually Do, D-O, or Dole, mm-hmm. and it somehow got mixed up and he got switched to Phan, which I don't know how that happened. Yeah, but how does that, that even happen? It was very common. A lot of people apparently had this issue. So my last name is actually supposed to be Do. So I'm supposed to be Min Do. Like window, but Min Do. Like to the Min Do, to the (laughs) wall, to the wall. Okay. But uh, Yeah so my last name isn't even truly my last name so even if i wanted to identify or trace back my ancestry it could get very messy because i don't know i guess i know it is doe but maybe things happened in the past i don't know but it's very interesting because i tell people that and they ask well why don't you get it changed and i asked my parents the same thing why don't you guys get it changed and they just not procrastinated but they just waited and didn't really think about it until too late and now with our identities the way we are it'd be too late to change it now i feel like because that could really affect what i do in the future you know like Mm -hmm. i can't just go from i could i actually know a a friend who actually changed her last name very recently and she's older than I am so you could do it, it depends on what you feel is worth doing or not and In my mind, I don't see it as being completely, completely important right now, because I have other priorities, but, you know, maybe it'll be something that I think about in the future, but uh, it's a very interesting side note to the importance of names, for sure, right?
1: Question. So, if you did get your name changed, would you be able to change it on all the manuscripts and papers that have been published? Is that, like, a thing? Do people do that?
0: Uh, See, I guess they do, because people have gotten their name published, uh, and then they got married, and they changed their last name. However, I don't think the names, they don't go back and change the name, they just take on a different name and then you just have to figure it out later on that oh that person was actually that person you know people also um women who get married in this kind of field i feel like they also um will keep their maiden name for the purpose of the science world and publications but then they actually go by a different name so they actually have like a uh, parenthesis sometimes and be like this is actually my new last name but i'm still going to go by my old last name for simplicity's sake oh well i guess this brings us to our song of the week
1: oh yeah song of the week i almost
0: forgot do you have a song of the week picked out
1: this week i've been completely obsessed with tori kelly i just discovered tori kelly love you tori kelly also please be a guest in our podcast yes we We talk about weather but so i've just started listening to her album and it's been on repeat all week long when did her album come out january 29th i believe okay 2016 okay I've been listening to it on repeat, of course, and (laughs) I'm obsessed with Hollow, but I think my favorite is, it's kind of between two. California Lovers is really good with LL Cool J.
0: Oh wow! and that
1: back, nobody love is also amazing.
0: Well, I'm glad you're accomplishing a lot of things, Tori Kelly, and I hope to be as accomplishable as you one day. Hopefully, and probably not in the singing world because if I were, I wouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> if
1: if both of us could really sing awesome, we would totally do a mashup with you. Yeah,
0: <sighs> I know we're not those people from Pentatonix. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish we were.
1: What about your song of the week?
0: I uh, found a song right before we started recording the podcast, actually. I just turned on Pandora to see what came on. I'm not really a Spotify guy quite yet. I still use Pandora. a little old school, but... Um Alan Walker, Faded. And you said you heard the song before. Uh-huh. I I don't know. I, I try to listen to music as much as I can, but sometimes you, uh, you don't get caught with the times. So it's nothing, like, magically spectacular, but the groove of it. Right. It almost actually feels like it could have come out maybe three or four years ago, too. But I, I don't know. I like it. It's not, like, refreshingly different in any way. But I like the groove. I like the, the sounds of it. For me, I like music that I can dance to or I can sing to or I can just move my body to. If I can't do any of those, then probably... <laughs> not unless it's like a classic you know like um a classic song like from what? something um well i guess i can sing to like sweet caroline or i can sing, okay. sing to like don't stop believing that's i can sing to those but hashtag glee. not gonna lie those songs are not my top songs when i was growing up i definitely was not exposed to that kind of music but going to uga and going listening to glee or watching glee during oh high school and stuff like that definitely uh, exposed me to music that i probably would not have been exposed to let's be quite honest because i used to be into like hardcore rap and really? stuff like that i did when i went to middle school uh, at duran middle, <laughs> middle school shout out dolphins the mighty dolphins um i definitely was in that culture of listening to a lot of rap music and i transfer going to jenkins high school for a semester then transferring to richmond hill high school um the styles were different from the people And I definitely started moving away a little bit more. And, you know, not to say peer pressure was really strong, but you are influenced by who you hang out with and the music that you're around. So um, there's some rap that I still like for sure. But I've definitely moved away from that and more towards something that I can dance to or sing to so do you think we should wrap it up
1: yes so do you want to take it out or should i take it out
0: uh i can we can half seize it you can find us in a variety of different places we have a facebook page that does not have an official url um uh, recognizable url yet because we need to get it started really and, and get people to like it. have it yeah so it'll probably be something like fistball.com slash so weather hype but we'll, we'll make it more official but um and then you can also find us at on our website at uh, weatherhypepodcast.com.
1: Um, you can also find us on Twitter. Um, we are at weatherhype. Or you can, if you have comments or feedback or suggestions for our Hype of the Week, you can send us an email at weatherhype at gmail.com.
0: Awesome sauce. Congratulations. Our inaugural official we podcast did is now complete.
1: Until next time, stay hyped.
0: Stay hyped. hyped. <laughs> <laughs> stay hyped.